This will be good. They sat cross-legged on the sand together. Do you trust me? This was a serious question, an important one. Usually, his father's eyes roamed when he spoke, looking at things Daniel couldn't see. Now, they saw only Daniel. Daniel loved him with the uncomplicated desperation with which small boys love their fathers. But trust? It had never occurred to Daniel not to trust him. It was like earth. Daniel never wondered if it'd be there when he took a step. Now, the smallest of fissures opened in his unquestioning certainty. I trust you, Daniel said, because he knew it was what his father wanted to hear. His father took the muscle and kraken spine and set them both on the sand. From a leather zipper case, he produced his scalpel. The handle was polished bone, coffee stained from millennia in tar, and so well used that there were indentations where his fingers gripped it. The blade was fashioned from the tooth of a Vipera Americanus. I'm a powerful man, he said. It didn't sound boastful, it was a simple fact. Some people want what I have. They're not dangerous to me because I'm stronger than they are, but there are other people who are more powerful than me, and they're afraid I'll want what they have. Those people are very dangerous to me. And because you're my son, they're dangerous to you. So I have two choices. I can keep you ignorant and weak, or I can try to make you strong. Do you understand? Not really, Daniel said. His father's smile formed a pale seam in his face. No, of course not. I'm not sure I do either. But you said you trust me, and there will be times when I ask you to do hard things, things that hurt, things that make you cry. But I'm doing them for your own good so that when you grow up, you'll be strong, stronger than me, stronger than the people who are stronger than me. Can you understand that at least? Daniel nodded. Good, said his father. Daniel watched his father's hands work the kraken with the scalpel, curling away shavings and letting them drop into the shell. Sometimes, Sebastian spoke as he worked, instructing Daniel in the way his teachers must have instructed him. He spoke of Elysia Clerotica, a sea slug he'd been studying that stole genes from the algae it ate and gained the ability to convert sunlight to energy. A natural osteomancer, he called it. But sometimes his words couldn't express what he was doing. Sometimes Daniel could only watch and smell. Some of what he smelled now was earthly, the salt and mud and sour rot of things from the bottom of the sea. And some of it was osteomantic, Impressions of ancient things, lurking deep, of old power, of electric anger waiting to discharge. Next from the zipper case, Sebastian produced his torch. In outward appearance, it looked very much like a cigarette lighter of burnished copper. But it was an intricate instrument with inner workings as complex as a fine watch. Sebastian thumbed it open and dialed the flame to a precise temperature. 
He applied it to the bottom of the shell, and the flame changed color, fading from intense red to pale peach, and then to an invisible heat. The flame wasn't just coming from the torch. Daniel's father was fueling it too, and his heat baked Daniel's face. For a stretch of time, nothing happened. Sebastian remained perfectly still, holding the torch steady. Daniel's foot began to fall asleep, so he counted ocean waves to take his mind off the tingling. By the time he got to seventy-five, the kraken shavings had melted to a tiny pool of molten silver. Sebastian spit into the shell. He wasn't a tobacco user, but his saliva was the same rich brown as the tar-infused bone handle of his scalpel. The kraken shavings burst into flame with tall flickerings of gas jet blue.